Ours is Sefiri is proudly hosted by Red Nation Online. We can be found on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and everywhere else you find your favorite podcasts. Welcome to Ours is the Fury, episode 42. Sorry for the delay, guys. We've been pretty busy with the Women's World Cup, uh, supporting the Canadian national team in Montreal and seeing like seven games already in Ottawa, I think. Maybe eight. But uh, with you, as always, is Ryan. Hello. And Blogsmith. Salutations. And myself. Um, so the last game of the spring season was an away game against San Antonio Scorpions, which we tied 0-0. Does that sound familiar? Yes. <laughs> That's yes. the third game in a row now, 0-0. And it is uh, four zero zeros out of five. But it means that we have a record... Uh, a new NASL modern day record in terms of not having conceded a goal for how many minutes now? 526. Wow. Which is uh, pretty impressive. We probably also have some kind of record for scoring the least amount of goals. Well, we only have one goal in that span. <laughs> and five <laughs> goals in the entire spring season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, how many goals were scored in the entire spring season? Oh, you know what to make me say? Well, the average for uh, the league... Each team is averaging 13.2 goals for the spring season. So that's per team. But we, we brought that average down because we, we scored five goals in the spring season. So I think I got some numbers here. So there's a total of 145 goals. And Ottawa is responsible for five of them. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, Tim had some numbers about sh- shot percentage. Yeah, so I guess the average of the NESL is about 21 percent shooting percentage which means you're going to score 21 percent of the shots that you put on net so one out of five roughly we're on the, the fury are now shooting seven percent and that 21 percent is is part of that seven percent the seven percent is part of that 21 percent so it would be much higher if it wasn't for ottawa what he's saying is that we're pushing down the average yeah. so we're making the league look bad <laughs> <laughs> so the chances bad. are so the chances are there the, the only player on our team that probably isn't too uh, bothered about all of this, actually quite happy about it, is our goalkeeper, Pizer, who just won uh, NASL Player of the Month. Yep, for Which, June, for the two games I played in June. Yeah, come on, Blogsmith. You don't have to <laughs> spin it negatively. I think this is the very first yeah. time that a Fury player has won NASL Player of the Month. The, so. only, the other, other time was Oliver won Player of the Week for that uh, game against Carolina last season. Yeah, it's That's well. It. Yeah, it's well deserved. Like, yeah. it's it's modern day record for the modern NASL, and uh, and he's made some big saves. It hasn't been all easy. It hasn't all been Elvis saving the day. It's he's, nope. he's part there too. For sure. So let's take a look at the lineup. Uh, so the Fury didn't have Julian de Guzman available because he was playing uh, against uh, Dominica in the uh, World Cup qualifiers, which have already started. Which we should probably get used to. Not having Julian in the lineup, but we'll get more into that later. Yeah, he will be at the Gold Cup as well, so um, he won't be there for that. Yeah, some be missing a lot of games. But uh, unlike a Vancouver Whitecap fans, I'm, I'm pretty happy when uh, our players, you know, play for the national team. So yeah. I'm not going to complain about that. Um, yeah. So in terms of the lineup, our four defenders in the back were the same as usual, with the Falvey Alvis center back pairing and. Ryan Richter on the right, and then uh, Trafford on the left. 
Uh, Eustachio um, replaced the Guzman. Uh, Richie Ryan wasn't fit, so that's why we had Ubi Parapovic and Patterson to complete that midfield. And Harworth was once again the lone striker uh, because Heinemann wasn't fully fit and Wiedemann didn't start. And then we had Paul Trinieri on the left wing and Paulo Jr. on the right. So I, I think that may have been pretty similar lineup to the game before with the exception of the Guzman. Yeah, it was nice to see Eustachio make like, his first start of the year. Yeah, he's he's had some minutes, but I think this is the mm. first start he's had. Yeah. Yeah, and, um, and we were talking before, we'd like to see how it's out, up there by himself and seeing it again, so... Not, wasn't producing the most, but wasn't getting the most opportunities either. No, there wasn't a lot of chances on either end. It was a pretty nondescript game, from what I remember of it. Yeah, no one walked on the pitch and uh, with a giant slushy from that convenience store. Nope. Someday. <laughs> Someday. When we go there for an away game, we'll, we'll do that. Yeah. And uh, it seemed like towards the end of the match that both teams were quite happy with the zero zero. So. Yeah, there's a, there's a few instances, you know, a few things that happened. There's Adrian Can yellow card. I don't know, it's so long ago now, but it was probably he earned that yellow card pretty well. And uh, yeah, it was pretty uneventful game. But like from a Fury standpoint, you know, getting those points on the road, it's always a good thing. Yeah, an away point against like the defending champions. Can you? Won't, well, if you, you weren't, you're not turning, way. you're not turning that down. Nope. But, again, no scoring. Uh, we should definitely mention that Phil Davies is back. Uh, he came on in the 82nd minute, uh, finally re- recovered from his uh, broken arm. or what, That was what we had, right? Yeah, broken in the arm. preseason down, down yeah. uh, upstate New York. Uh, Wiedemann came on in the 67th minute, and uh, Heinemann played for the last couple of minutes, came on for Haworth. Other than that, uh, I don't remember too much from this game. It's... Uh, it's a week ago or so. I remember. No, I remember we all watched. It, we all watched it here together, and I remember Johnny saying that, "Oh, here comes another zero zero game." And <laughs> yeah, so it ended. Yeah, well, you don't really have to be a prophet <laughs> to, to foresee that if you look at the recent results. Um, in other Ottawa Fury news, um, no more Patrick Misik. That's the Polish Canadian uh, who had some experience playing in Europe. Um, they didn't sign him. The, the reason given was that, that there was too much competition in the midfield and it was advised for him to, to go find a different club where he'll get more playing time. Which makes me kind of sad because I quite uh, rated him. Uh, I rated him highly. I thought he did a really good job and a lot of potential for growth too because he's pretty young. And he's a Canadian, so like, why do you have to cut him from the roster? I can think of plenty of foreign players that, you know, aren't uh, as spectacular. Yeah, we don't know the details of his contract. But I imagine it's half season, kind of thing. And uh, I've seen if they if they're not paying if they're not playing him, why why would they pay him for the second half of the season? Um, hopefully, it's maybe some, make some room too for a couple new signings. We've been hearing some rumors about. Yeah, so, I wouldn't say I was shocked to hear about it, but I was pretty, pretty surprised. He was pretty young, and the games he did play early in the season, he did do rather well. But on the other hand, I could see with Eustachio playing well and and Becky kind of taking over in that position. But there's worse players in the squad, right? Oh, absolutely. But it yeah. was, he's still young. He's he's gonna get better. 
But if he's not going to get the playing time, he's always going to be fighting for, you know, being subbed on late. Mm-hmm. Maybe every other game, then maybe it's probably better for him to find somewhere else to play. I never question his quality. Everything I've seen from him has been really, really good. Really good guy, too. Uh, nice to mm-hmm. talk to down to earth. So best of luck to him. Uh, we'll we'll probably uh, follow his progress and you know maybe we'll see him play at the Baltimore Blasters <laughs> in the winter time or something like that. Or maybe you'll see him back in Poland. Yeah, yeah. it's a possibility. Now we're we're seeing a lot of rumors about a potential uh, signing of a, of a forward. Hoffley has been tweeting about it, and uh, the Fury today said they're going to have a big announcement. <laughs> big announcements. But there wasn't really a big announcement. They just said that Pizer won the NASL Player of the Month, which we already knew. So uh, it's only a matter of time, I would imagine, that a striker will be signed. Um, yeah, I think, Ryan, you were mentioning some rumors about potential Fort Lauderdale striker players going to the Fury. Was I? No, no, I wasn't saying anything like that. There's, There's been a lot of talk. We're hearing it from members of the press uh, on and off. Like online and offline, like face to face. There's people that work for OSEG have been dropping hints about like. Uh, so I think I honestly think a deal is done. It's just uh, they're waiting for like the final stamp to uh, announce something. And even Dos Santos was, when asked about it, was very like, "Yeah, we have someone in mind." Yeah, and that's it. Like, yeah, a source fairly close to the club mentioned uh, Ian Hume. Which is pretty unrealistic. It's probably not going to happen. Yeah, we should talk about that because we have arguments for and against that, right? So obviously he signed in India in the Super League with a new club. Yeah. So that'd be a giant argument against the idea. Although the Indian Super League has a, is very short and it only overlaps towards the very end. So he could sign a fall season. Like it only overlaps in October, right? Yeah. I mean, it starts in October, but they're going to want him. In September, the train. Oh, they'd want him now. <laughs> no. No, no, like, we, we would want him now. Yeah. And then... And then we're going to sign him for two, maybe two and a half months. It's possible, but... I don't know, like, I'd, I'd like to ask the listeners, like, if, if you could get Ian Hume for two and a half months at a discount, like, is that a player you'd like to see play in Ottawa? I'd love to see Ian Hume play, but I just don't think right now it'll happen. Maybe next year... That would be awesome. Yeah, and but I don't know how how because I follow him on Twitter. And he he seems to really like playing in England. If he always gets a chance to play in England, he probably stay there. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Shall we take a look at uh, how the spring season ended? The final standings. Yeah. The final standings. So uh, New York Cosmos uh, are first, unsurprisingly. Oh, wow. What was surprising was that they finished their last game 3-3 three to three against uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville yeah. Armada. Uh, but it, in the end, that was enough to get them the spring season NASL title and that beautiful trophy slash tire cap. <laughs> <laughs> How dare you. <laughs> Um, and the Tampa Bay Rowdies came in in second, just w- with a point behind uh, the New York Cosmos. I can't remember who Tampa played. Neither can I. I was just thinking, though, didn't we make predictions at the start of the season? Pretty sure I had the Cosmos come first. <laughs> That's a pretty safe bet. <laughs> uh, we, if, uh, 
If any of us was really, really wrong, I want, I want people to let us know. I want to feel bad. <laughs> oh, I, I correctly predicted the Ottawa Fury would get 11 points. Did you really? Yeah. Wow. And of course, to, Kirk, the, to the chagrin of everyone around me at that time. Yeah, we're all like, we're going to win the championship. We're an offensive power. I'm pretty sure I was pretty pessimistic myself, wasn't I? Yeah, you always are. Well, <laughs> <nature>. <laughs> Can't fight who you are, John. So, uh, so yeah, Jared, go ahead. I mean, we did. We are, you know, we're ninth out of eleventh, but still only three points out of third place. I think that's huge going into the fall season hopefully we can signs a forward maybe <laughs> or two get some get a bit healthy stay healthy and maybe kind of push I mean if Pizer's gonna Pizer and the defensive line are gonna play like they are then it's certainly a possibility yeah I just want to run through the scores quickly so just to let you know Tampa Bay Rowdies won 3-0 against Atlanta and Carolina ended up in third place which I think surprised everybody um, and they, what did they do? Come on, guys, it's so long ago. <laughs> oh, do they have the bye? Oh, yeah, they had the yeah, bye, that's the why bye I can't going. find them. That's why they had no chance of winning the season. And then Minnesota United lost against Fort Lauderdale Strikers at home. What's up with Minnesota? Two. Like, they were a powerhouse last year. Well, they didn't do that bad. They're... They're in fourth. Yeah, and of course the news, of course, came out just the day of recording last week that Ibarra was being transferred to uh, Liga MX for Lyon. Um, do you think they'll be even weaker in the fall season now? Like they're richer, or they got like, over a million dollars. I think transfer. they're definitely weaker because you can't replace a player like Ibarra. Something that was interesting, I was uh, following some Minnesota news and. They're saying even with the transfer money and they're averaging seven to nine thousand attendance, they expect to lose three to four million this year. So you got to think what what are they spending on salaries? Like it must be it must be triple or quadruple what we're spending. Oh, for sure, we're, we have one of the lowest, if not the lowest, wage budget. Uh, so India Eleven ended up in fifth place. Speaking after, of low budgets. <laughs> after winning uh, 3-0 against FCM, in which I'm, I'm pretty sure the fans happily take. That's a good result for them. Uh, I mean, Eddie's like... Everyone was pretty high on Edmonton this year. The way they finished last season and kind of the additions they had. And then, wow, they just, the first game they got destroyed by Jacksonville and then end the season by getting destroyed by Indy. Yeah, they ended up in 10th, so second to last place behind us. And uh, while last year they were solid in defense, this year it was just goal fest after goal fest. Yeah. They were scoring lots of goals too, but mostly on the losing end. Hmm. So what's happening in Atlanta? Is it just... Have they just gave up on uh, soccer? In the I don't know. I, I feel for those fans. Like, what do you, like, what do you, like, how do you support a team like that? You know, they're basically gone. You know, like, how do you motivate the players even? Yeah. Well, they said soccer's going to be there no matter what, like, at that stadium. And the Silverbacks are going to live on in some form of, or another, no matter mm -hmm. what happens. Okay. So that's interesting to see where they end up this time next year. For sure. And then we should mention that uh, our opponent, the San Antonio Scorpions, ended up in seventh. 
they could have ended up much higher than that. They, they so could they, have been third, but we yeah. ruined the day. Yeah. Kaiser ruined the day. Yeah, that's right. And uh, yeah, that that's pretty much everybody. So let's just keep this in perspective. It's only 10 games that have been played. Everybody has double the amount yet to play. Like double the amount in addition to the 10 games. <laughs> 20 yeah. games. Yeah, NESL is really strange. There's a lot of criticism of uh, the split season. Well, a lot of people criticize split seasons in general, but having a split season that's uneven, which I totally agree with, is bizarre and weird. It doesn't make any sense because it means that some games, some opponents you play twice at home and some you play twice away. And depending on the luck of the draw, there can be a huge difference. Like if you play, let's say you're... Play the Cosmos twice. Yeah. The other teams play them once. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... It's not fair. I understand the way we like like it to be. We like it to be one table, you know, play each other the same amount of times, home and away, but to play each team twice, the league is short. Play them four times, the league is way too long. Way too long, yeah. To split the season and give the winner that... Like, one out of the four spots in the championship, I'm fine with. How about well, split well, the league in two and play uh, play everyone like four times? Yeah. Divisions? <laughs> but it's North America. We love our divisions. But you know what I don't understand is like with the exception of the World Cup last year, but why not switch it around? Why not have the spring season be like the long one so you can use the whole summer weather, especially for places like Minnesota, Edmonton, Ottawa? And then have the fall season be a fast season. So we always make fun of the Americans for like making like they're totally confused about Canadian weather and when our season starts and stuff like that. But I think there's something we don't know about like Texas and Florida and how hot it gets certain <laughs> That's months. That's a good point. Yeah. It gets hot here in July. Yeah, it's yeah, there's gonna be plus thirty five days, like over a hundred days. Like Yeah. That's true. That's a good point. So let's see what else is happening in the league. Uh, Jacksonville got their stadium vetoed by the state government. Yeah, not too many details. The news just came out today. Like they're going to build a training facility. Uh, Five million dollars state money was going into that, and a new stadium was on board. Apparently, it all got vetoed. It's all fresh news today, so there might be more details. Something to look into. Yep. And uh, lots of random friendlies happening. Uh, the Fort Lauderdale Strikers played uh, against uh, Boca, was it, in Argentina? Yeah, they went down to South America. Yeah. So that, and then they're back, and they're playing another friendly. And Boca's coming up to play Jacksonville as well. <laughs> yeah. And Tampa Bay Rowdies are going to... Uh, they actually announced a partnership with Sao Paulo. So I think they're going to have friendly and a bunch of other yeah, stuff. Yeah, friendlies and a bunch of... Players kind of maybe switching, switching teams. I heard they're going to change their name to Sao Paulo uh, USA. <laughs> the Sao Paulo Rowdies. <laughs> that's a great idea. Uh, so let's have a look at the, our academy teams. Um, on June sixteenth, the junior cat. No, that's the regular academy team. Yeah, right? it's all regular. They lost two one to Lakeshore SC. Is Lakeshore the team that has um, Mayard on it? No, no. Um, Lakeshore is the team we saw. When they oh, yeah, Atlanta. which they beat. Yeah. So they lost to them. What was really cool was uh, a couple people we know were doing the, doing the play-by-play for RDS. 
So Carla, Carlos, and uh, Carla, hi Carla, <laughs> <laughs> Carlos and uh, Sanisha from uh, 94.5, they're doing the play-by-play. I didn't realize it was them, I watched the whole game, and it was all in French. Yeah. And it was on TV, it was on RDS, right? Well, it was live stream, they, oh, they're okay. streaming all the, all the Quebec Cup games and a few of the league Still, games. Still, that's, so. that's like widely available, that's awesome. Oh yeah, it was a, it's a big deal, yeah. And a really good broadcast, better than anything I've seen on NESL. Except for maybe One World Sports, but it was like up there, quality-wise. And then June 20th, they had another match? Yeah, they had a match 20th, like just, just last Saturday, they lost 2-1 in Blainville, uh, North Montreal there. So um, the academy team, they're not, like, they're not out to win the PLSQ, they're, they're there to develop the players. Um, I doubt they'll be in the PLSQ long, I think it's a temporary solution. Uh, I don't think they were able to get in the league they wanted to get into this year. So, I mean, which league is that? Oh, I'm not sure. But there, there might. Don't be surprised if they're in a different league next year. But if they are in the PLSQ, it's it's great for the kids. But they're they're uh, they're really getting out muscled. They're really yeah. getting pushed around in that league. So, but their yeah. but their skill level is way better than a lot of these like thirty year old washed up guys playing for like FC Gatineau or whatever. So. You really have to wonder how much development they're getting, getting beat week after week. And physically beat, well, too. It prepares them well for the yeah, Fury but, first team. Oh, yeah. <laughs> these, these kids will be tough. Like, watching watch, uh, Seed and uh, Schroeder got, got a good elbow a couple weeks ago. And he was down for a while, but he got up and he stayed in the game. And then they finally took him out. He was still bleeding. And they finally took him out. So like, they're really getting pushed around, but... So there's another road game coming ahead uh, against CS Longwell. <laughs> Longuel. Longuel in Montreal <laughs> as well, I imagine. Everyone's in Montreal, yeah. All the teams are in Montreal except for us and Gatineau. Okay, and that will be on June 27th, so you can check that out. I imagine that would also be streamed. And then if you really want to be nerdy and hardcore, you can go watch the Junior Academy team at Carleton, who are playing CS Montreal. Uh, at 6 p.m. and that's just before the for before the regular academy team that plays at 3 p.m. is that right? Yeah, that's how they do all the games. So the oh, okay. senior academy always plays before the junior academy. So the games will be at 3 and 6 p.m. July 4th at uh, Carlton Ravenfield, I believe. So it's always good to see the future, see the kids play. For sure. And then the next day on Sunday, July 5th, will be the Ottawa Fury fall season opener, even though it doesn't feel much like fall yet and uh, also the women's world cup final so hopefully we'll see canada against germany for that <laughs> um and the auto fury they're going to play jacksonville and we'll do a short preview of that towards the end of the podcast but before we do that let's take a break and then we can do some listener questions It's your boy from south of the border, OYB, old Yankee Yank, Ultras Alive. Down with my guys from ours, it's the Fury holding it down in Ottawa. Welcome back, guys. It's time for Ryan's favorite section. Listener questions. That's right. So this week we asked, who was your Ottawa Fury FC MVP for the NASL spring season? We got lots of replies, so thank you guys. 
And the first reply is by Theo Gautier, who is at Mimglow on Twitter, and he says, I guess it would have to be Pizer with that record streak he is going. Let's uh, read all of the uh, submissions and then we can discuss. And then criticize everyone's kind <laughs> submissions. Sure. And Phil at, at Giving Me My Jetpack says, We scored five goals, Pizer. <laughs> and uh, Vince. Uh, at NPNTHR says Pfizer. And John Mack, who's at Mufet42, says Pfizer was amazing, but I have to go with Alves, along with Falvey, especially. We're amazing at keeping shots down. And uh, Nemu at BBSC Solbro is Rafa Alves. And Mr. Mark Lapointe at KEEK16 says. I would agree as well with Namu. <laughs> and then John Fury, who is at Fury in Ottawa, says, Yeah, kind of hard to deny Alvis. Wow. And uh, St. Cody said, Don't think that Guzman played enough to be MVP. I'll go with Ralph, Raphael Alves. He's a rock. Sorry. All right. So we have basically two players sharing the award. Pfizer and Alvis. According to our listeners. And man, are they ever smart. They were clearly listening to the Hours of the Fury podcast. Or watching all the games. Because <laughs> it's pretty obvious. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'd say I'd probably give it to Alvis just because he has so many goal denying tackles and so many block shots. It's always with the underdog, eh? What? <laughs> <laughs> and. I think Pizer hasn't been getting that many shots on net. It's just, like, it, it's pretty uneventful. Like, not, not a lot going through because the defense are tight. Yeah, I'd say Alvarez, too. Uh, the streak is really good, but the first three or four games, Pizer looked very beatable. I think there's one game, I think the Tampa game, Alvarez didn't look very good, but every other game has been rock solid. Yeah, he had one awful game against FC Edmonton where he gave, like, where he... Mm. It wasn't a league game, so I don't know. Yeah, right, we did specify the NESL. (laughs) But yeah, I think Alves has been our MVP. Yeah, I'm going with Pizer just because I I always agree with our listeners. I think they're a great bunch of people. No, but um, it'd be interesting to see how many, what the record is for most shots saved before a goal. I know we're at the, we're doing really good with the minutes. I wonder how many shots a keeper has saved before there's been a goal, what that record is. Yeah, I haven't seen the stats, but I have a feeling that we don't get that many shots on goal, lower than average at least. Yeah, well, we we don't get a lot of shots on us for sure. We we do get a lot of shots, but we have that low 7% (laughs) conversion rate. Nobody can finish. Yeah, hopefully that will change. Yeah, so this week we had a couple questions also uh, directed towards us so Vince Alvarado who's at Vince by Demand wants to know what's up with music we've already discussed this you know he's gone unfortunately I honestly think it's just like playing time he's a quality player he's done to be a really good starting midfielder somewhere it's, it's a similar situation as was with Hansen Boakai like a promising young player but just not getting a lot of minutes so better for him to go elsewhere for now yeah. Oh, you mean... Uh... 
Oh no, yeah. God, I said Hansen Burkai. He's always on your mind, isn't he? <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I meant, uh, come on, guys, you know his name. Oh my God. Give us a team, yes. John. Otto of Fury. Black guy from Ghana. Yes. Small. I don't remember last year. <laughs> you know who I'm talking about, right? Yeah, I'm just making you sound. Elias. Yes. Hamza Elias. Hamza Elias, yeah. Yeah, that's what I mean. And then we had another submission from Saint Cody of Assisi, who is at Cody of Assisi. He wants to know, do you think the FIFA Women's World Cup excitement will boost attendance? And with Young Music departing, does that mean Mauro could be next? So I think the, the Women's World Cup is definitely not going to boost attendance on July 5th, because everyone will be home or at pubs watching that final, especially if Canada makes it where it uh, will be at the stadium. I don't think there could be a worse day to have a home game. Um, not just because of Women's World Cup, but just the weekends. Actually, last year, Ottawa played in Edmonton the day of the Men's World Cup final. Right. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so there's a history of that. And also, I, the, the Red Blacks start their season the day before. Yeah, so we'll have football lines. And no one, like the average sports fan, that's not going to be excited. Yeah. The Furies game the next yeah, day. Yeah. I don't know how many people won't go to this game because of the Women's World Cup, to be honest. I mean, they're not playing at the same time. You're not missing. Unless you want to watch it at home. Maybe you'll miss it if you have to bus back home. But if it's, you know, the States versus France, I don't see a lot of people not going to that game. You mean China versus France? (laughs) (laughs) But, yeah. I don't know. I just thought it was a really poor choice. I wish they were playing on the road the first weekend because mm. it's long weekend uh, for for a lot of people. They're out in cottage, you know, the story here, and the start of the Red Black season. That's that's what people in Ottawa are going to be talking about, except for John. <laughs> yeah, I, I'll be as clueless as last year. Uh, another. Um Part of his question was, an, and with Young Misik departing, does that mean Mauro could be next? I don't think so. I think that uh, Dos Santos thinks quite highly of Mauro, uh, especially um, because they have a bit of a connection. They both have that Portuguese-Canadian thing going, which I think does play a role, as objective as uh, Dos Santos is. And uh, he just has a competitor less in midfield now, so I think this is good news for Mauro. Yeah. Um, didn't stop him not starting the last game. And... Uh, I think he played more last season than the second half. I, I don't know what's going on with Richard Ryan, if they expect him back. I assume they expect him back in the start of the fall, but I haven't heard anything. Yeah, I was curious. How many players went home during the break? I know Tommy Heinemann is in St. Louis. Yeah, and uh, Wiedemann went to California. So there's a lot of players that went home. Uh, there's still some players in town, uh, Becky. And stuff we see some of the players around the neighborhood because we all live in the same neighborhood, all together, kind of like live the on monkeys. A compound. <laughs> yes, <laughs> a no one can compound. leave. But yeah, it's interesting and uh, see the players that left town and ones. I guess you would though. It's like a the only time you get to go home during the whole season. So yeah. So before we did this podcast, we were kind of wondering if we should do a a, a review show where we go through every game, and then we realized. We didn't really have that many highlights, <laughs> so let's just briefly speak about every what, goal. Yeah, that's only five goals, so <laughs> other teams just discuss one match. <laughs> we have to, you know, discuss ten matches. Uh, three of them came at home. Um, 
over three games. The 1-0 win over uh, Minnesota United, which, to be fair, that is my highlight of the spring season. Our best uh, performance, also. maybe, ever. Yeah, it's up there. And then we had a 1-0 win over Indy, which, you know, feels good to, to beat them, but it's not that remarkable. Yeah. Um, and then we had a 3-1 loss to Fort Lauderdale Strikers, which really sucked, because that was the week of... Three, three, one losses. Yeah. Uh, those were our three home games, and then we had two uh, goals that we scored away. Um, one of them was a three-one loss. So Carolina was our home opener, or not the home opener, the season opener. Yeah, and then was the other one a one-one tie against Carolina or something? No, we lost to Carolina. <laughs> Who did we tie one-one? Atlanta. Yeah. Yeah, I think it was Atlanta that we tied one one to. I like how you guys like insist on remembering this and you don't look it up. That's pretty amazing. <laughs> it could be totally wrong, so I'm sure Namu will get in touch with us. Yeah, it was Atlanta. I don't remember who, who scored though. Poultry scored the first one in Carolina. Second one was I don't even remember. <laughs> this is the second game of the year. Yeah. Oh well, someone will look it up and let us know. Um, the refereeing was pretty poor for the first few matches, uh, and then it got better. We talked um, about it less and less, I thought. It was especially bad in the Voyager's Cup. Yeah, but we were used to that. Yeah. But. And so was FC Edmonton. Yeah. Um, yeah, we already said that we're only three points out of third place. Now, of course, we have the poorest goal difference, but still, we're only three points away from uh, postseason uh, playoff spots, so... We're still in the running, so that's great. Yeah, it's. I I still don't like this idea of like trying to get fourth place, like shooting for a playoff spot. Like try to win the friggin' season. I know, like, it's not realistic at this point with this budget and this team, but like you can't have that mentality where you're just oh trying to squeak in all the time, or like oh we're so close to being like the last team that makes it to the postseason. That's great. It's like try to win the season. I'm, I'm sure Minnesota and New York don't go, oh, we're so close to fourth place. They're thinking about the title. Yep. And then uh, we had plenty of injuries again. Um, uh, yeah, almost worse than last year, really. Heidemann, Oliver, Paolo, Richie Ryan, Wiedemann, Davies. Uh, yeah, we had lots lots of them. Yeah, it was crazy. It was, I remember last year we had... Injury problems, but nothing compared to this year so far. And I think if it continues, we're not going to have a chance at all during the fall season. It's so much more compressed. There's no bye weeks in the fall season. We're playing. There's a few like multi-week games. We're playing on Wednesday nights now. Yeah. So there's no bye weeks in the fall season? No. How does that work? Like what happens with that? Like with the one team that play Wednesdays now. Oh. So two games in one week. Yeah. Lots of podcasts. Oh, we can still do one a week. <laughs> but what what I think is a little bit interesting, and I'd like to look more into, is uh, the pitches they're training on. Like so, last year was Algonquin, Carlton, and TD Place. Is it the same story this year? Is it the same pitches? I know they changed the turf at Carlton because of the World Cup. They had to replace the turf. Algonquin, they replaced it. Replaced it. So the turf is better this year, right? But we have more injuries? Yeah, yeah but I mean, clubs have injuries every year, regardless of what pitch they use, right? It's, it's just normal. 
Do you think they train too hard? Like we we had uh, Chris Hoffley on the show, and he said they were like trying to kill each other in practice a lot of the time. Like he was really surprised how aggressive they are in practice. I mean, yeah. I get that every team has injuries, but we have a lot of injuries, and we have a lot of injuries that don't happen in games; they're happening yeah. in in training. And I, I don't. I, I, if you want to say turf, then New York plays on turf. You know, Atlanta plays on shitty fucking turf. Edmonton. Oh, yeah. actually, actually, they just replaced their turf yeah. for the World Cup, but they had horrible turf. <laughs> yeah. So maybe it's not the turf. Maybe it's like the way they train. Maybe like the maybe it's the managing the training schedules or tra- how they train. But there's definitely you don't hear of other teams having this many injuries in training, do you? Like other teams you follow in other leagues or in the mm-hmm. NASL. I know if 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 you follow another team really closely in the NASL, let us know if if your team has a lot of training injuries because we seem to have a lot of training injuries like I don't Davies I know was injured during that during the exhibition game which I didn't see but none of these injuries ever did I see someone taking getting taken off the field for yeah, yeah they were mostly during training and there's multiples like Hyman is injured twice Oliver's injured twice Richie Ryan was supposed to be fit again yeah. training injury Wiedemann he was injured a couple times too different one but never during a game. Well, hopefully uh, we'll have the best squad available with the exception of De Guzman, who will be at the Gold Cup uh, for our home opener against uh, Jacksonville, Jacksonville Amada, um, who are really, one has to say, quite a surprise team, right, for an expansion team to, to do that well. Yeah, they're, they're the NASL's Latin American team. They've signed most of their players, except for uh, Canadian Phenom, who... Do you think we'll see on July 5th? No, he's, he plays f- like for their second team, doesn't he? No, he's on the page as their first team. Oh. They don't have his picture, though. Oh, that's <laughs> not, never a good sign. <laughs> <laughs> but he, he's, he's on their lineup for their first team. Okay. So, we'll see. They have Mr. Rosary. Yeah, it'd be nice to see. It'd be great for him. You know, I'm sure his family, if he is, you know, traveling with the first squad, which I do expect... Imagine his family would make the trip from the GTA to hopefully see him play. Yeah, maybe we'll see Jacksonville play in their in their third kit. Ooh. Maybe uh, it's time for Ottawa to have a third kit. Well, it wasn't even just Jacksonville's third kit. They got all their kits. They got redone. Yeah, they did. They had home yeah. and away. It's like a third jersey, but it's two jerseys. Yeah, it's to it's a tribute to the military because Jacksonville's a big Navy town. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah, I would definitely buy another jersey uh, if Ottawa made one. Yeah. John, you've been buying pretty much anything soccer-related at Lansdowne, right? <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Someone's got to support this team. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a huge money. Like, everyone buys jerseys, and they're not cheap. No, it they just... came up with a nice one that that everyone kind of liked, and they'd make money on it. I don't know what their plan is for next year. I hope they change up the jerseys a little bit, at least. So next year, I would imagine that we'll probably do another. Well, we won't have another podcast before this game, eh? Just oh, oh it. no! Unless there's a major signing or something that happens. There's, there's probably going to be some announcements before this game. I would imagine. There might be some big announcements, uh, Canadian soccer related, but, but just after the fifth. So maybe keep keep your ear out for that. And that striker that we all think should be coming. 
Yeah, the, the one that will save us, bring us to the promised land. I'd like a striker that has scored a goal in the last two years. <laughs> <laughs> that would be awesome. Well, hopefully there's some team in second division Italy that's uh, going out of business or something. <laughs> we can pick up some of their players. So it'll be good to see Jacksonville because I guess it's the only team of the NASL that we haven't seen mm -hmm. up close yet. So I'm just interested in, in like what kind of... Yeah, it'd be interesting to see again them coming back this year. Because last year, when they came back from the fall, they were fucking garbage. And it ruined their entire year. They were That's done. True. They were That's done true. after like the first five weeks. Yeah. They couldn't score. They are getting trampled. They finally got it together and kind of made a run at the end. But it was that first five, five or six games at the uh, start of the fall season that really dragged them down. So I'm hoping they don't do that. But if people are leaving and going away, I don't know how that, yeah. how that affects them. And they blamed the change of stadium too last year, mm -hmm. and this year we don't have that issue, so can't use that excuse this year. No. So I don't know it'll be good. The game's at three o'clock. Yep. July fifth, Lansdowne Stadium or TD Place. Um, should be good. I, I to answer one of the questions from earlier. I think there'll be a a little bit of a crowd bump. Yeah, I think so too. Like like nothing crazy, nothing over seven thousand, but there'll be a crowd bump. Um, yeah, people. What people see it live and go, "Wow, this is what looks like live." They kind of want to see it more. They kind of want to see more live soccer. So, yeah, it should be good. So, John, you got anything else to add? Nope, that's uh, pretty much it. I mean, uh, may want to mention that after the home opener against Jacksonville, which is you know where the schedule was kind to us, the next game will be away to Minnesota, which uh, isn't. They don't matter anymore. They don't have Ibarra. Oh, they still got Rodriguez. Oh, God damn it. They can't score against Pajero. Yeah. yeah. So, oh. so, we want to put like a little poll on how long we think Pajero's going to... Oh, don't curse it. <laughs> Is that cursing it? I'd, I'd say another eight minutes. <laughs> eight, eight minutes. John says eight minutes. Vlogsmith? 666. Wow, that's an evil prediction. Um, so what are we at? Five something right now? Five twenty-six. I'm gonna add another ninety minutes to that. Uh, ninety-five minutes. <laughs> I'll add ninety-five minutes. And price is right rules. Sure. Okay. Whoever is the closest. Without going over. All right, that concludes the forty-second episode of Our Sister Fury. Thank you for listening. We are to be found on Twitter at Ottawa Fury. We have a Facebook group. Uh, if you search for Our Sister Fury, it should come up. Game and, of Thrones. <laughs> and we have an we have an we have an email address, don't we? Ours is the Fury podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, and do get in touch with us. We actually had a listener from Maryland get in touch with us, and uh, we actually met up with him because he was here for the World Cup, so that was kind of cool. Yeah, it was great to see Jay. We saw him pre-game one game, and then we went out and watched uh, Canada with him. Yeah, and uh, we forgive you for wearing a USA shirt. <laughs> <laughs> Some people have more forgiveness in their hearts than others. <laughs> On that note, uh, have a soccer party week. <laughs> Toodles.
That damn plastic pitch. I just missed a penalty because of it. Tommy Heinen would score 20 goals this spring season if it wasn't for the turf. It's really hard on the eyes. Like, like I go see games on grass. I can see it just fine, but the plastic reflects the sun. I went to this game and I got a freaking parking ticket because of the plastic pitch. Orange slices taste like shit when you're eating them on turf. It smells. 